0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another episode of the Boost and Gains podcast. I'm your host, Cedric, and in this episode, we get to learn about cryptocurrency. So I know um, over the past few years, cryptocurrency has been uh, in the news, has been in talks a lot and uh in this episode a good my good friend and my co-worker jonathan rivera who's been in the space for quite some time now helps explain to us why this is such a big deal so in this episode we get to discuss what is cryptocurrency the different types of cryptocurrency um if we, we should invest and the future of cryptocurrency so please join me in this episode as we get to learn more about crypto uh, places to invest and so much more All right, Rivera, man, I really want to say thank you so much for allowing me to have this sit down with you for this podcast. Oh no, thank you, Cedric, for this opportunity. All right, so Rivera, um, the way I like to do this podcast is um, usually I'll start off, I'll start off with asking my guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. You know, I might, uh, you know, I've worked with you for some time. I, I know who you are a little bit, but for the audience that are not listening, uh, please tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, A little bit about your upbringing, your schooling, and and, and whatever else you want to share with
1: us. Gotcha, gotcha. So, my name is Jonathan Rivera, first generation Mexican American. I was uh, born and raised in in the Atlanta area. Uh, Born at Grady Memorial Hospital for all my Atlantians out there. Um, You know, I grew up in the east side of Atlanta in Lithonia, Georgia. Uh, You know, went to Stevenson High School for anyone out there that's
0: been out there as well. Um, Yeah. All right, so so um, let's go a little bit more into your your upbringing, right? Yep. Um, you said like as you mentioned, you're a Mexican American first generation. Yep. And um, you know, tell us a little bit more about about that, like uh, you know, with your parents and and how life was like, you know not too much detail but how life was like for you growing up
1: yeah yeah so uh growing up um you know my parents were actually illegal immigrants right so they actually crossed the border and um uh, you know growing up uh like they we uh my family housed a lot of illegal immigrants growing up right Where well, it was common for me to see like families come in and out of our homes like for months at a time like they'll come stay with us and we'll chat and everything and i thought you know, growing up as a kid, you think that's normal, right? Just having this random families coming and out. But, you know, come to find out later, they were just illegal families just looking for a place to stay, right? Because mm-hmm. they can't get their own housing
0: or anything of that sort, right? Mm-hmm. So, I grew up like that. Um, yeah. So, um, li- a little bit more about that. So, I mean, as the families, you know, moved out and transitioned and all that, and as you've been growing now, have you ever encountered any of these People like yo, I remember you, or like, or they've actually said like yo, is that Rivera? Like, have you seen anything like that?
1: No, because they'll go on to move to like other states States, and stuff like that. Mostly like Washington and Mm -hmm. North Carolina at the time, because they were giving out giving out uh, driver's licenses to anybody. You didn't have to have like any kind of status with America or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I'm pretty sure they still do that at Washington State. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there was a few areas you can do that at. So they pretty much moved on to those areas. But no, it wasn't really. Um, I haven't really met anybody like that anymore um, since then, but yeah, I mean, it was was a good time because, you know, I met a lot of nice people at the time, you know. Everyone was so family-oriented,
0: so, yeah. So, uh, let's talk about also your schooling, your education. So, after high school, you mentioned you went to Stevenson Stevenson High School, mm-hmm. and then what college did you go to? Oh, I ended up going to Southern Poly State, like you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you to put that out there for the, for the audience. So, after Southern Poly, and then what happened?
1: Oh, well, Southern Poly ended up merging with Kennesaw, so I ended up... Um, I went to Southern Poly for a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, Mm -hmm. and then after that it became Kennesaw, and I ended up graduating with a Kennesaw uh, bachelor's degree of electrical
0: engineering. Got you. And how was that feeling or experience for you and your family since, you know, you, like you said, you're a first generation Mexican-American, probably also um, the first to graduate from your uh, immediate family? Yep. Um, how, How was that feeling? Well, it feels pretty good because, you know, like they they came over here, right? Illegally
1: like to find a better life, you know, for themselves and for the for the children, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like, you know, when them seeing me in that kind of status, you know, it, it, it I'm pretty sure it gives them like a good warm feeling of uh of seeing that, you know, that their kid actually made it. He's he got an electrical engineering degree and now he's, you know, off to helping like, you know, the country or the world, like, Mm -hmm. you know, go one step further into progressing. Got you.
0: Now, um, have you had talks with your parents like how life was like back in Mexico and why they wanted to come to America? Has has that talk ever, ever, ever come up?
1: Yeah, it has. Uh, Well, my dad and my mom, my mom mom wanted to come just to, you know, because she knew Mexico didn't have many opportunities. Same with my dad. Like, there's not much opportunity there but to, like, grow, like, crops and things of that nature. So uh, they knew if they wanted something better for themselves or, you know, they wanted something better for their children, they knew the opportunity was right across the border, right? Mm. So they took that chance, right? Mm. Um, And they ended up crossing the borders between, like, uh, California and uh, Texas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they pretty much came over here. Then, you know, they came to a completely new land and they couldn't speak any lick of English, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they just told me they came over here for opportunities. Like, you know, uh, America is a land of opportunities, opportunity. Yeah.
0: That's right. And, hey, that's why we're all here. Like, same for me, right, coming, into, um, coming here to America back in 2008. But for me, of course, my dad was here. Uh, he got us over here. And, you know, he, he's been – he lived in Ghana, you know. And, and, and like you mentioned, even for you, let's just say, if you probably grew up or were born in Mexico as a kid, as long as you're getting food to eat, you're getting some clothes to where you're getting shelter and you're going to school, you're probably not going to see that struggle yeah. that the grown folks have to see. Yeah, right? Yeah. So for my dad and, and my uncles and my aunties and folks that traveled out of the country, they can really tell you how life was like back in like Ghana or even like yourself, Mexico and stuff in you know they come out here and, and and make something for themselves and of course try to uh, give us a better life
1: of course of course and like my my dad would say like he'll start working in the farms when he was like eight years old right they'll, they'll force him to go out there and plant crops and things of that nature so he and he always said like you know do what you can out here because like you got a
0: great opportunity to here in America to do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. so yeah awesome bro so man thank you for sharing uh, this uh, background story with us now um let's talk a bit about some of your interest um, you know of course being here in your house i see that you have some 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 computers set up like you have a bunch of computers you have some car parts sitting right here so uh, uh tell us a little bit more about what this is all about
1: gotcha so before we get to the computers let's talk about i guess the the car parts yeah. i do uh mechanic work so like i grew up like You know, cars were always breaking down, so uh, I guess I got into car work because of the need Mm -hmm. of our family. Mm -hmm. I actually thought, (laughs) growing up, we had this old Dodge Caravan, like, it was a caravan, um, and it always broke down in the middle of the road, always, always, always. So then, growing up, I used to think, like, why do people, like, I was like, I don't know, seven or eight, but I was thinking, like, why do people drive cars when they break down all the All the time? And then I was imagining, like, because, like, Taking a turn and your car stops, like, you could, like, get hit by oncoming traffic. So, why would people take that risk, right? So, I always grew up, like, with, you know, with cars that didn't work. So, you know, I made that a priority growing up for myself where, you know, I always had a car running and I always knew how to fix it, Mm -hmm. right? Versus relying on somebody else for that, right? Did
0: you ever, like, work in the shop or it was all self-taught?
1: No, uh, I, I was taken under, like under somebody's wing, mm-hmm. like a Jamaican dude back in Lithonia. Mm-hmm. Um, he taught me a little bit. But it was mostly like self taught, like, you know, reading through manuals and things of that nature. Like just going in there myself. I don't know how many times I did something like really stupid on my cars, like pumping the brakes without the rotors being in and popping out the caliper and things of that nature. And yeah. I've done a lot of stupid stuff. But this was
0: all like learning process.
1: Yeah, it's a learning process for sure. Yeah. Um they say the best you know, the best uh, way to learn is just through experience, That's right? Yeah. So
0: Okay, man. Thank, thanks for that as well. Um, and of course, with these computers, I mean, I know why they're set up. But uh, the one thing that we, the main reason why we, I have you here on this podcast today, is your passion and you know the way you talk about cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, on our team, everybody knows who the crypto guy is, who who to go to, and who. Uh, uh, even with predictions, we like, oh, yeah, let's go, let's go talk to Rivera. He yeah, probably knows yeah, what's going yeah, on. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, one of the reasons why I set up this podcast is because me myself, I don't really have a a whole lot of knowledge when it comes to <clears throat> cryptocurrency or digital money or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just figured that i'll get with somebody who has a lot more knowledge and experience with this than i do and he can uh break it down for us break it down for you know somebody like my grandma or my dad if my dad was to ask me what is cryptocurrency um and stuff like that um so if, if you don't mind uh let's get into that topic of um answering the question <clears throat> what is cryptocurrency
1: oh what is cryptocurrency it's like saying, what is the internet or what is the dollar, right? Yeah. Like nobody knows what the internet is, right? We just use it. We just log online and, you know, we just go to Yahoo, Facebook, Instagram. We just use the internet, right? Mm-hmm. You no, know, but most people don't know what it is. But, you know, crypto-cur- cryptocurrency is pretty much just a medium of exchange between two, like, two or more people, pretty much the network of the, the holders of this cryptocurrency, um it's just like digital money pretty much like for those of you out there um like digital money because right now nowadays uh, all of our money is like printed by like the like the federal government right everyone's heard of the federal reserve at this point because it's been a hot topic for a few years now especially from the 2008 financial recession right um so and especially nowadays with like the current monetary policy of just printing out money and handing it out like it's candy right um like the the thing with cryptocurrency is that it's like the dollar meaning that it has a value because people believe it has a value Mm -hmm. and people believe it has a value because of certain values that cryptocurrency has Mm -hmm. um that the u.s dollar does not have in other like fiat currencies such as like the british pound and things of that nature that exists and like cryptocurrencies that makes it very special
0: okay so please um touch up on that once again okay mm-hmm. I, I just want to make sure that I totally understand what you said yep. so you said that cryptocurrency has a certain value that um, like the US dollar doesn't have yes what do you mean by that
1: so for uh, digital currencies right well let's go with the US dollar right the only value that it has is that the US government is backing it right And the last time I checked, you know, in the world, the U.S. dollar, I mean, the U.S. dollar is backed by the U.S. government, and the U.S. government has the strongest military in the world, Mm. right? So they have that impact on that U.S. dollar that people have faith that America isn't going to come down, right? Mm. That's where that faith comes from. But, like, I guess over the years and stuff, you know, America's been looking less and less, like, weak in comparison to China and a few other competitors out Mm. there in the market, right? But um, anyways, like, the U.S. dollar is backed by, like, the faith of the American government, right? Mm. But cryptocurrency is backed on the face of um, like pretty much mathematics and algorithms, right? That that track every single transaction that happens with that cryptocurrency. And at the same time, um, you're able to use that cryptocurrency and send like money immediately to like, I could send you cryptocurrency right now. And it'll be a transaction that gets resolved in less than 15 minutes at max, right? With like uh, uh, dollars, right? When you use your credit card, it might seem instantaneous to you when you swipe that credit card and you get your item right then and there, right? But there's a lot of background processes that go on, that go on in the background. Like you know, there's Visa. There's a bunch of middlemen that go in between that make sure you have the money, that check your bank account, that pulls that that pulls that money, and then it actually sends it to your bank account, whoever's bank account you're trying to you're sending that transaction with, right? And then you know, a lot of times when you make a purchase with like dollars, right, with a credit card. Um, It takes days Sometimes for you To see those transactions Online right right. With cryptocurrency Like as soon as You make that transaction You'll see that transaction Right then and there And it'll happen Like pretty much Real time Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the beauty Of like What I see at cryptocurrencies Versus like Traditional dollars Mm -hmm. Like the speed Of these transactions The elimination Of the middleman Between you Actually making a purchase Mm -hmm. And between it Getting to whatever Bank account it needs To to another Mm.
0: Okay so And uh, also It's Standard across the board, right? So, if I if I make a transaction here and somebody is in Ghana or Asia or whatever, there is no type of like um how do you call it? Foreign exchange. Foreign exchange. Face? There yep. you go. Foreign exchange. Okay. So um all right so so let's talk about the different types of cryptocurrency. I mean, from what you explained, right? Mm-hmm. If this is the case and it's kind of like. <clears throat> if this is the case then why is there a need for so many different types of crypto
1: gotcha gotcha that's a good question so um before we get into that though i want to go into a little bit more why like the uh, cryptocurrency came about then i'll go ahead and yes. touch uh, yeah. on that question yeah. so uh pretty much bitcoin started around 2009 literally right after the financial recession because people were wondering like you know if the if like the government can print out as much money as they want, and we common folks we can't, right? Like, why can't? Why does the government need to control like the money the way they do, right? They like they they bail out big banks, they bail out like insurance, like like hedge firms, they can like bail out whoever they want, right? Like, why does it need to be like that? Why can't it be like uh like a monetary policy where like you can't just create money out of nowhere, right? Um so that's why Bitcoin came out back in 2009 and why do we have so many currencies? Um pretty much some of them are just copies of Bitcoin um which is like the main cryptocurrency that everyone knows nowadays and then there's other currencies that actually hit certain other markets that are completely different than Bitcoin like if they hit like whatever Bitcoin is targeting but they also target many other things. So I could get I, I guess I could talk about like what Bitcoin is actually targeting, right? Okay. So pretty much what Bitcoin is. Right. It's just, um, you know, it's just a way to exchange value, like I mentioned before. So like you send me one Bitcoin. Well, you probably won't send me a Bitcoin because it's about $60,000 right now. Right. (laughs) But you'll send me like a piece of a Bitcoin. Uh And then, you know, our transaction is settled. Like if I gave you like some bread, you'll give me a piece of a Bitcoin and then, you know, our exchange is done. Right. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all Bitcoin does. But um, these other cryptocurrencies such, such as uh, Polkadot, Ethereum was like the second major one that everyone should know about. Uh, Cardano, EOS, Stellar Lumens, uh, XRP, um, all of these tokens, right? They all serve different purpose. So not only can you use their tokens to, to, to settle disputes of transactions, right? Like if I wanna buy your car, I'll send you cryptocurrency, right? Not only that, um, there's other tokens that actually create a smart contract in between like yourself and another person, right? So you can have a contract where um, every week or every month you can have uh, like a certain amount of like Ethereum being pulled out of your account, right? And um, it could be like a sort of like a, like a, a loan, mm-hmm. right? So instead of you going to the bank and then them borrowing you money in order for you to do that. You Know there's other places where you can actually pull that money from and make it the same type of loan without actually having like that bank or middleman, and those are supplied by like people who actually fund that money out there. So there's that, and then there's oh man, dude, there's so much more. So, uh, with Ethereum, right? Um, this is things called um, uh, pretty much like cryptocurrency apps that um, that lie on the actual um, Ethereum network, right? Mm-hmm. So with ethereum like so we already established that ethereum does the same thing as bitcoin mm-hmm. as in you could send an ethereum out mm-hmm. and then like you could send and receive
0: okay so before we get yeah. even deeper i want to ask you this so to simplify things right if i have a bitcoin i have one bitcoin let's just just let's just compare one bitcoin to one dollar yeah yeah like okay. that right Yep. And I went online and I saw like, uh, you selling some shoes Yeah. and you selling the shoes for one, 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 one Bitcoin or equivalent of one USD, Mm -hmm. right? So I have the option to either pay in the US dollar or I have the option to pay in that one Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. right? Now, what about, so the Ethereum part or the other Bitcoins or do I call it other cryptocurrencies? Yeah. Yeah. What determines what like there is still a value thing in there where one uh, uh one car- one cryptocurrency is valued more than another cryptocurrency. Correct. Right. Correct. How does all that come about? Like who okay. who determines that?
1: So pretty much nowadays, um, like I mentioned before, Bitcoin is like uh like you can send transactions, right? But the problem with Bitcoin nowadays is that it's uh very expensive to send transactions. So that's pretty much limited bitcoin to where it is now especially in terms of price and where it is in like our global economy Mm -hmm. um and then ethereum as well which is the second biggest one right um it's in the same boat as that the transactions the the transaction speeds are actually really expensive right so i'm sorry can you repeat the question one more time (laughs) so
0: my question was like who determines the value oh okay 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 yeah
1: there we go so the value comes from um you know, people think of Bitcoin as not only, like not more for the transactions of you just buying a candy bar with it, but more of like a store of value. Cause you know, a, what a lot of rich people do is that they buy a, like a lot of gold and they keep it stored somewhere and they pay storage fees mm-hmm. and everything for that mm-hmm. gold, right? Because mm-hmm. they believe gold is an like pretty much imperishable and tarnishable asset that's been around for like hundreds yeah. of thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? And everyone believes in gold right. and it'll never diminish, right? Mm-hmm. But what people are starting to realize is that, you know, everything's starting to become digitized. So and they're starting to see like, you know, Bitcoin can actually be used as a store of value instead, right? Where people can store money and if they need to, they can send like large amounts of like money across like literally the world for literally like $5 or less, which mm-hmm. makes it like very lucrative because like when you when i when i was talking about gold earlier like moving large amounts of gold takes a lot of resources a lot of time and a lot of headaches for a lot of these rich guys right got to make sure it's protected they got to make sure like no one's in there stealing it there's a lot of problems wrong with gold but with bitcoin like it's super secure as long as you do it in a secure way mm-hmm. Like, no one can touch a Bitcoin. Like, there's been many instances where people actually go to jail. And then, like, the federal government is asking, well, like, what's your account? To, what's your password to your Bitcoin? Like, and the guys never say anything. And then they just leave. And then they end up going back into the Bitcoin wallets because it's that secure. Where no one else has access. Like, you know, if you have the keys to that wallet for the cryptocurrency, no one can get in. So, that's why the, like, like more, more and more people are delving into it. Because it's, like, a very secure asset, like... As long as you do as long as you do your homework on the uh how to like get into that like that that's that's the uh where that like value comes from like mm. because you know you can store it and the other cryptocurrencies are value a little bit different because of like uh what they can do right you know what's been done on it and what they what they can do as I was mentioning before ethereum like does the same thing as bitcoin, but ethereum also has like um i guess we'll talk about a little bit more technical but like has uh, second layer solutions to it, so you can have other cryptocurrencies built on top of Ethereum. So, like not only that, you could build uh, like applications on um, Ethereum. Mm. You can send other types of tokens through Ethereum, so you could create your own custom token. Like nowadays, um, it's called the non non fungible token or NFT. It's a pretty hot topic in cryptocurrency nowadays. So what pretty much an NFT is is a um, is a token that someone creates, whether it's like a piece of art, like music, or, or like actual piece of like digital art, right? Yeah. Or. you know, it could be anything. You could tokenize anything in the world. Mm-hmm. to And then you could say like, I made this token in Ethereum. And it either is this music or this piece of art or this piece of real property like that exists in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you own this token on the Ethereum network, you own whatever it is that Ethereum token represents.
0: Okay. So, good, good point you brought up there. So, let's say that I have a piece of land. Yes. Right? I own it outright. And I want to sell it in the digital world. Yes. Meaning that I want to I want to give you I want to sell it so I'm giving you the right that you own that property now. Mm-hmm. And somebody was paying in Ethereum. Mm-hmm. How how does that transaction work and uh how do I sign it over to you over 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 that?
1: So we haven't gotten to that point exactly yet because uh you know the government still haven't like established it as like a real currency yet, right? but you do have the capability of doing that. Mm -hmm. But there are like digital lands, like, you know, it is real estate, a digital land that you can go to. Like there's games actually, to get more technical even further. So there's like a game built on top of Ethereum. So like I mentioned before, like Bitcoin only does transactions, but Ethereum does so much more.
0: So the digital land, how is that of use to anybody?
1: Well, like everything now is going digital, right? Like, especially with coronavirus that happened last year, right? Uh, we have a lot of things going digital. We're working from home, we're, do- like we're having like, uh, uh, video chats with our doctors, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, every day more and more, we're going more and more digital. So, um, you know, more and more people are actually playing games as well. Like, gaming has like exploded. So, uh, with digital lands, why I feel like that's like it's more of speculation at this point, currently where we're at right now. But with digital lands um in particular this is one called decentraland that's built on ethereum right and with decentraland you log in is literally like a game where you walk around and you can actually jump onto people's lands that they own so they pay the the token that they use to pay the lands is called mana Mm -hmm. and people are actually spending like literally like every mana right now currently is worth like one usd Mm. and people are spending like Twenty thousand dollars or twenty thousand mana, which is twenty thousand dollars equivalent, or they're spending fifty thousand dollars on pieces of land on Decentraland that exist on Ethereum, and people give it value because Decentraland is planning on going AR. So like you know they're gonna incorporate themselves in AR headsets, like like some Ready Player One movie yeah. type. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Joint, right. So I understand all of that, but my ultimate question still boils down to. That's the digital world. You still have to live in the real world. Correct. You Like, if you're in, in this video game or in this land, you still have to eat. You still have to breathe and all these things. So how... Well, oh, that's a good question. You get a point I'm trying to make yeah. is you're going to pay for a digital land, right? Mm-hmm. But are you going to be standing outside while you're, you're on this digital land? No, you still have to pay for your, your apartment or your house that you live in
1: yeah but why can't you do that digitally why can't you exist in this world and Mm. do like your work in this world
0: because you're a real human being in real life
1: yeah but if people have tasks for you to do in the world then you can make a current like you can make a living on that world like if someone has a specific task they want you to do on that world okay they can do that as well as eating they actually like uh uh like the first transaction really with bitcoin was for a pizza and that was a while ago for thousands of bitcoin now, like currently, what's happening with Central Land is that they are—they are, um, actually built a pizza kiosk with dominoes on it. You can actually go on that kiosk and order a pizza in the game, so you never have to even leave the game to so, eat.
0: <laughs> so you order, you order, you order the pizza, and it gets delivered. Literally, to, it to gets s-
1: delivered to your door using cryptocurrencies in the game. In re,
0: but in real life, you have to eat.
1: Yeah, you have to eat. Yeah, put the headset down and go eat.
0: <laughs> okay, so I get that. So you order, you order your stuff, you do your transactions in digital form and everything comes to your door in real life
1: correct like, but so- it's still new so there's still like a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. um, like the, the value really comes from that speculation like I mentioned mm-hmm. before because all these things you can do on it mm-hmm. people are selling these digital lands and mm-hmm. like there's a lot of big players in the market right now mm-hmm. I know everyone's familiar with the name Mark Cuban mm-hmm. um, he's actually like you know he's speculating in it very heavily as well. And he actually put over a million dollars like in like these digital worlds, and you can see like you know like every other cryptocurrency. There's like a ledger, like a a, a like a list of transactions, and you could go and look up his name. Like it's actually M cuban but you can see like he spent like six hundred thousand mana, which is equivalent to six hundred thousand dollars on these lands and three hundred thousand dollars and hundred thousand dollars. So. You know, people are spending big so, bucks on these digital lands. So,
0: are these digital lands gonna run out?
1: They are. They're limited in this game, but anyone else can make their own game and create their own digital lands and sell those digital lands. But you know, like you know, like with everything, right? Like, how many people are using it? How many people are willing to like actually install it and and like and play it and. And just like, you know, like Apple and Google, right? How many developers are out there going to be actually working to, like, create a product on these, like, on these games, right? right? Yeah. yeah, And Decentraland has all that right now where Mm -hmm. they have, like, developers and things of that nature. You can actually, like, uh, I know everyone's familiar with Atari. They have, like, a casino coming out on Decentraland, like, in the next month or two. And they already have casinos now. But, like, you could literally go out there and play Blackjack. Uh, You could play uh you can play anything uh Texas Hold'em, slots, you can do anything on there like if it feels real life. Mm. So, in terms of like get, like casino games. So, like if you want you can start your own digital casino on Decentraland by mm. buying land just like you would in real life. You right. buy the land, you yeah. buy the uh like the I guess the the, the building, the infrastructure, yeah. like you got to learn how to build that and then you learn how to build like the actual game itself on the land right Mm -hmm. so you could do all that and then people could come to your casino and if they like the odds they'll keep playing so you just
0: you just be making money in that world uh, in that digital world which in turn transitions into you having some kind of cryptocurrency which in turn could transition into you buying some real life stuff
1: yes correct correct very very true you could def it's It's there and it's real. It's not imaginary. I I, I
0: think I understand what you're saying, uh, especially for the fact that, you know, even you're bringing up the Ready Player One. And not only that, um, I see how that could benefit a lot of people, right? For instance, if if there was this digital world where people could actually go walk into their home, but they can actually walk into Walmart and do their grocery shopping digitally and check out. And then within the next. But what? Why is it any different from going to um to to walmart.com and 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 placing an order like today or amazon and placing an order? So
1: why do people choose McDonald's over Burger King? Why do people choose McDonald's over like a a regular like burger joint, right? They they do it for the experience, the environment, right? You know McDonald's has that modern vibe to it. Like you only you don't only go inside for that burger. You go in there for like You know, you see, like, the nice screens they have for the menus, right? Or, or, like, the other TVs that they have for, like, their breakfast items and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. The modern appeal, right? Sometimes people just want to go for the experience, Experience. right?
0: So, so in that case, so, in the future, you can have um, that experience where you can be out in the digital world and you can actually see your real-life friends in that world. And you can be 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 on there all day and 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 uh, i don't know maybe running errands and stuff
1: yep and i know COVID's is a virus but you can't spread that in the digital world <laughs> man there's all contact over there okay
0: well uh that's good stuff man now let's move on to um how can a regular guy right get into get into the crypto actually before we we talk about that i wanted i, I want to actually talk about mining mm-hmm. you know we talked about like i said uh, coming in here, I've seen a bunch of machines that you have up and running and stuff like that. Yep. How does that even fall, fall or um, how does that work in the in, in this whole crypto thing?
1: So for, for like the average Joe, um, you could think of mining literally like mining gold. So mm-hmm. you have like if you have a company, right, and you want to go mine gold, you'll find a bunch of people to go out there and dig in the dirt and they'll go find gold, right? And that's the same thing my computers are doing pretty much um they're pretty like i have like a bunch of graphics cards here i mean i know you guys can't see it but i have many cards here and what they do is they settle transactions on the ethereum network in order for me to get like a fee back like not only a fee but a creation of an ethereum every time i do that so i get paid in ethereum every time my 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 mining rig settle a dispute like not a dispute but a transaction sorry
0: so that's okay so i see i see what you mean so so pretty much can i put it in terms of like you are literally renting out your setup to that platform or or
1: no it's i'm not renting it out i'm actually like a worker like i am i like my mining rigs are workers for ethereum so ethereum is looking for people to help settle these transactions right so if you're set like Let's say you're doing Uber Eats, right? And then you say, you're saying, oh, I want this burger from uh, Shake Shack, right? Yeah. So you want the burger. So you tell the guy, hey, can you go fetch me that burger? He's like, okay, sure. But you have to pay him for gas and you know, his time mm-hmm. for, you, for him to bring that burger to you, right? Mm-hmm. That's that gas fee. Ethereum has that same gas fee where like, in order for, you to, I, for me to send you money, I have to pay a gas fee, and and then for miners, what they want is that gas fee because they get paid in gas. They get paid in that Ethereum. So, like you know, every time you you order something from Amazon, like you have to like even though it says six ninety nine or whatever you're buying, right? Like there's a there's a transportation fee involved. So with uh, cryptocurrency mining, I mean well, no with cryptocurrency, there's a gas fee associated as well, where the transaction you know, like it it needs that for the transaction to be pushed across. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's pretty much what ethereum is Is just
0: so is it some of these transactions are being run on your system
1: correct correct so if you were to go on my mining rigs right now you'll be able to see uh transaction um so and so so and so 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 and then pretty much what my miner rigs are doing is creating a uh or solving the transaction puzzle if you will in order for me to obtain that ethereum over anybody else trying to mine
0: okay okay so that definitely makes sense so meaning that if there wasn't enough miners out there then some of these transactions would not be as fast
1: correct they will be extremely expensive if there were less miners and then if it got to that point people want wouldn't want to use like ethereum ethereum wouldn't be as big as it is today if it wasn't for people like me actually like having miners out there because imagine like let's go back to amazon right you order a package right like Oh yeah, I want to order this TV. I want to order this uh, these books, uh, this food. And Amazon's like, ah man, we ran out of gas, dude. We can't deliver it to uh, you. You're gonna be like, what? Yeah. Like I want my stuff. Why can't yeah. you give me my stuff? Like oh, we ran out of gas. <laughs> like we have no one to transport this. Yeah. You're not gonna use our service anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Ethereum. If you're trying to send like Ethereum to somebody, but then Ethereum's like, oh, we don't have anybody to move it for you. Mm-hmm. No one's so gonna want to use. Ethereum. You are the one moving. Through. I'm the one moving the transactions back and forth between people. Okay.
0: Got you. Okay, so um, is that the same scenario for other cryptocurrencies like uh, Bitcoin? Do they are there also miners out there that pretty much carry the or 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 make that those transactions a lot faster? Or
1: correct. So there's other cryptocurrencies like Litecoin, um, Dash. Uh, uh, what is it? Vertcoin. There's a there's many of these coins that do the same thing as Bitcoin. So yes, there are other miners that do the same thing. Uh, but there are also other cryptocurrencies that don't use miners at all. Um and then we get into the uh more of talking into like the types of cryptocurrencies like proof of work or proof of stake but then that's getting a little bit too technical I
0: feel like. So mm. okay. So uh let's now go on to the question I was going to ask you before is if a regular guy, you know, like myself or my dad or you know, my my mom wants to get into uh, crypto, right? What are some of the places they can look into to either buy or learn or, or, or you know, just try to keep up with this new uh, money system? So Cedric, do you remember when you first uh, opened your first bank account? Yes, I do. Was it easy? Yeah, with SunTrust, I just walked in and said, uh, "I want to open a bank account."
1: Imagine this. You could do the same thing without ever getting up from your couch, and you can do it within like five minutes. It's so, so easy nowadays. Back when I got in, it was a little bit more sketch back in 2017, but nowadays, super easy. So pretty much for all the listeners out there, right? Um, there's, a, there's some exchanges out there that you can use, such as Coinbase. Um, it's spelled C-O-I-N-B-A-S-E um literally they're fdic insured literally just like a bank so don't be afraid like oh it's cryptocurrency i don't like i don't know but it's fdic insured so you know you can put us dollars in there and if you lose them or they get hacked or whatever i mean they're gonna pay you back so you're good on that as long as you put like two hundred fifty thousand or less so and then there's other exchanges like gemini g-e-m-i-n-i and those are the two main ones. There's also like a few others like Kraken and uh, Bittrex. And there's a few. There's, there's a lot, actually. But the main one that I always recommend is Coinbase. It's super secure, super fast, really easy. The fees are not the lowest, but the, the like Coinbase has really made it uh, a priority for them to have security as their number one. So um, there's other exchanges like Binance, which is like the biggest one in China. Um, that's really good as well. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they've been hacked before, actually. But Coinbase has never been hacked ever since they started back in, like, I think it was, like, 2015. Um, so that's why I trust Coinbase the most. And they have other features as well, like vaults where you can store your cryptocurrency. So just in case somebody does end up hacking into your account, um, it, it'll take them days or even a whole week before they can move it. And then you can stop that transaction before it even happens. Mm. So, uh, what I, you know, I, what I recommend everyone do Is you could download the app online, like on uh, Google Play Store and App Store, and um, like I said, Coinbase C O I N B A S E, Mm -hmm. super easy. Download the app. It's gonna It's gonna ask you for a little personal details, like social security whatnot. But like I said before, you could look it up online as much as you want. Like I told you, it's FDIC insured, so they only want this kind of information because you know for tax purposes, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know with cryptocurrency, it's pretty much it was synonymous with like you know tax evasion. So you know the federal government stepped in and they said, you know what, we want to make sure whoever's buying this cryptocurrency is actually paying the taxes for it, right? So um, you know it's really really easy nowadays, okay. right? So, like
0: so, once the account is set up, um, then what you transfer some U.S. dollars in there, which okay, then goes yeah. By
1: so yeah, when you download Coinbase and you set up your account, you know it's going to ask for your driver's license, social security, blah blah blah. After you do that and you conf- they confirm your identity, that's when you uh you sign into your Wells Fargo account like you would like if you're doing like another like bank account or something mm-hmm. like that, and um, you could uh have have them get access to like your like your checking account or whatever, and then you could pull funds from there, and then once you pull funds, um you know you could just transfer them over to your Coinbase wallet, right, mm-hmm. and then from that wallet. Uh, Coinbase makes it easy because literally you could go from US dollars to any one of their cryptocurrencies that they that they have so they have around like 40 50 I think No, nah, that's probably like 30 um, cryptocurrencies you can choose from um, you know like the big big dogs like Ethereum Bitcoin Litecoin and they have a the small ones like Decentraland like I mentioned before which I love and um, this is not financial advice by the way so don't go buy it and say John Rivera told me to buy this where is he he owes me money but um yeah, like there's a bunch of coins out there you can get. So you can literally convert that USD over to uh, cryptocurrency. And the beauty of uh, what I, why I like um, Coinbase over like a Robinhood, right? Because you can do the same thing on Robinhood. You can do the same thing on Square. You can do the same thing on PayPal. But with those three, when you buy cryptocurrency there, you actually don't own the cryptocurrency. It's like you, owe, you own an IOU of that cryptocurrency, right? So you're, it's pretty much like, uh, how would I say? Like a promise that you have that cryptocurrency, but with Coinbase and uh, all these other exchanges that I mentioned, you actually own the cryptocurrency yourself. Mm. So meaning, meaning, like if you were, de- if you decided you don't want to be your money to be in Coinbase, you could put it in your own personal Ethereum wallet or any other exchange. You can move that money immediately over to another exchange, another so wallet.
0: So why do the other companies like PayPal and and uh, Robinhood and stuff? Why don't they <laughs> offer that? What Coinbase is is doing? Is, the is there any particular reason?
1: Uh, it could be the fact that there's not enough, like, cryptocurrency really around yet for all these companies to buy up. Dude. So, you know, they have a certain storage that they want to have. So they want to make sure, like, if everyone's buying cryptocurrency from PayPal, right, it becomes a hot thing. Buy crypto from PayPal, right? They've only been in the game for, like, less than a year. Same thing with Robinhood and, and Square, right? They, they barely got in. Coinbase has been around, like I told you, since, like, 2015, 2014. Mm-hmm. So uh, Coinbase has a lot of cryptocurrencies, PayPal, Square, uh, Robinhood—they don't. So if everyone went into PayPal and started buying cryptocurrencies and decided to move it out, I highly doubt these companies will have that kind of like liquidity for like with their cryptocurrencies in order to actually like for you to send the cryptocurrencies out. So it's more of an IOU as they start collecting more and more, and they have more and more users. You know, like uh, they'll have that liquidity, and, and probably later they'll have that. But right now, you know. Players such as those, they, they don't offer those kind of services. So it's pretty much more of like an investment sort of deal. You know, because Robinhood's more of an investment platform. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you buy something on Robinhood, you can't transfer it somewhere else as far as I know. But, um, you know, with uh, Coinbase, you can, which is what I love, like, like Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like uh, you had a, a, a guy like um, on your last podcast, um, he was talking about, you know, people are just scared to delve in into investments and yeah. stuff like that, right? But I, I feel like this is more like a future, like, you know, I feel like it's an inevitable thing at this point. I was actually
0: going to ask you. That was going to be my next question for you is, like, where do you... Because, you know, for you, you've you've really invested and you've really spent the time and uh, the resources on, on really uh, focusing on, 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 on crypto and, and, and actually building something in that digital world. And so I was going to ask you, like, where do you really see... Um, the the future of crypto in like even the next five years right do you think this is something where the government is fully gonna accept um as okay this is where the world is going and we're gonna now finally accept it like what do you think
1: well it's not that they're going to accept it they're going to be forced to accept it because the only limitation really that we have right now with cryptocurrencies is that um like the transaction fees are really high so it's kind of like you know, a merchant can say like a merchant being like a Quick Trip or like a local like store, right? You know, they'll they'll see Ethereum and be like, oh, you know, that seems like a good way to exchange money, but right now the fees are really high, so it's not really like the best way. So to-
0: is that the reason why a lot of let's say businesses like even Quick Trip, right, are, are, or you know whatever business, it's not is not in that game correct if the transaction fees were much lower
1: oh man they'll be eating it up because right now credit card companies and stuff they take like three percent like of every transaction that's why when you go to like a store right there's like a three dollar minimum when you go to gas stations to pick up something small right because they get hit with these transactions in the back that you don't see so can you imagine when Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever currency juggernaut comes in, and then they say, oh, you want to make that same transaction? We'll charge you a penny so or less. How
0: how are those companies going to get there? How is Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever other um, crypto, how can they get there? Is it through the, the having a bunch of miners out there?
1: No. Um, so pretty much what the, what's going on with Ethereum is that they're moving to, like I mentioned before, proof of work to proof of stake um just to sum up proof of work and proof of stake uh proof of work is most is it's uh mining but um it's pretty much uh every man for himself so like i got my mining rig and you can have some mining rigs and they'll you know hash it out with themselves like and then they'll have to determine like you know if they could solve the cryptocurrency like algorithm first mm. so you know that makes it like very very like unsustainable like because you know like the more and more miners you have the quicker you can solve it but like the more and more miners you have the more electricity is being used you know like everyone's wasting the the same amount of electricity you know per card or per whatever they're using like asic i'm not getting into that but um they they use it but then like they're all going they're all fighting for that one you know the, the the cryptocurrency that's being mined right but now like you know cryptocurrencies such as like ethereum they're moving over to like a proof of stake where it's more of like everyone's working together to, to to resolve these transactions versus like everyone fighting with it like themselves, right? You know, because like you know we're humans, right? Like, you know, like we were cavemen once, right? And you know we would have been there if we kept fighting with each other versus like grouping up and working together, right? Which is what proof of stake is solving. Like we're we're gonna it's gonna be more of like, like. Uh, computers working together in order to solve these transactions versus uh, against each other like pinning each other between me versus that guy right
0: so do you think eventually there's not going to be no need for 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 minus
1: no there's not well for bitcoin there's no there's no certain like i guess foreseeable future i know there's a hundred more years of bitcoin mining left so i'm pretty sure that's going to continue But for other cryptocurrencies right um you know bitcoin actually just might die off because like the limitations that it has it's so uh you know like it only does like a one thing it's a one trick pony right but like as more time goes on and like more of these cryptocurrencies come up and develop even further like i feel like their value is going to be like much greater than what bitcoin ever was so it could be like you know like the like the dot-com bubble right you know back then amazon wasn't such a big player right You know, back then, we had, like, Nescapes and stuff like that that existed. And Asgees, everybody remembers SGs, right? I've used it a couple times, like, a lot of times growing up. Now, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Same thing with these cryptocurrencies that you have today, right? We have a lot, a lot, a lot of cryptocurrencies. And a lot of them are going to die off as well. So, you know, it's a very high-risk game when you do invest in these, especially, like, the trash ones, um, like, the lower-capped ones, especially anything under a billion dollars, really. But there's a great chance for great rewards because... You, know, you can land on that one cryptocurrency that's going to be the next Amazon or the next Google, the next, like, Apple, right, in these cryptocurrencies. And if you were to land, like, imagine buying Apple at $0.20. Cents. Man, imagine being that guy. Oh, I bought Ethereum at $100. Dang. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, man. Okay. So, I know you don't really have a, a social media where you actually put out uh, some of these things and stuff like that. But um, if you don't mind, please once again tell us um some of the places where we can find information on a lot of like you know if we want to know a lot about crypto um you know just the different resources places to look at uh, look up information
1: gotcha gotcha so um you know coinbase um cointelegraph.com um if you want to get into mining oh man well, get into reddit and stuff cuz it's there's a lot of youtube videos and stuff on it but you got to watch out cuz you know people like make like malware and viruses on these things and they can steal your information which has happened to me back a long time ago mm-hmm. so you know you got to be very careful when you get into mining cuz a lot of people are trying to hack your stuff uh, but um, you know like pretty much the main thing is just like look up a youtube video on how to get into cryptocurrency using coinbase mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know like that's how it started with me so like you know, uh, back in 2017, I was working, like, in Landis and Gear with you, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, there was an intern there who who came up to me. It's like, oh, like, I was telling him, like, oh, I'm getting into penny stocks. I'm losing a crap ton of money. And he was saying, oh, well, if you like risky, risky stuff, why don't you get into Bitcoin? And Bitcoin was, like, $800, right? So I was like, um, I'll never forget his name, Laredo. And he was like, oh, why don't you get into that? And I was like, ah, maybe. And then, you know, I was watching and watching. And then Bitcoin hit 1000 And then Bitcoin hit 1100 And I was like... You know what? I'm gonna toss a bunch of money in here. And then what ended up happening was like I turned eight thousand dollars into fifty two thousand dollars within like literally a week. And I was like, yo, this is nuts. Mm -hmm. Like you can make a crap ton of money super fast in this, like in doing this, right? So like I told you before, I was just buying junk coins at the time. But you could do the same thing now and take a risk and buying some of these junk coins, but um like like I said, like you could go on Coinbase. Like, it's super easy. I'm going to keep mentioning Coinbase because it's the easiest, most secure, most well-known cryptocurrency app. If you just go on there, just buy some Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and that's it. Go research all the other ones for yourself because th- those are the big three major player ones. Everything else is kind of like a toss-up. It's all speculation at this point. You know, like like I mentioned, Mark Cuban spe- is speculating on this digital world. Mm-hmm. And there's other cryptocurrencies that are for gamers as well. Like, they got cryptocurrencies for... Um, gaming tournaments. So, you know, uh, there's, there's a currency called Chain Games that, um, you know, they'll be able to host crypto, uh, like games with like Fortnite, Apex, and you could play on those and like actually win tournaments and win like, they call it uh, chains. Mm-hmm. So like you win the cryptocurrency chains and then that, you know, that actually corresponds to like a real like like US dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And then we have other cryptocurrencies that um, do the same thing as Ethereum, but better like, um, like proof of stake coins, oh man there's so many coins they got coins for like uh like utilities like for meters engaging not for meters in general but like for uh it could be for meters like for gauging power um like through houses and stuff like that we have cryptocurrencies that man dude like it it's, it's a pretty much an open box right now and how i feel like like cryptocurrency is going in the next five years like uh because i you mentioned that before but like where i think where i see it heading like Right now, it's pumping up pretty hard. Like back in 2017, when I was pumping pretty hard, mm-hmm. you know, it was pumping hard. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're currently like in the middle of like like that phase, right, where it's gonna pump hard again. And um, you know, I like people have the speculations of like, oh, it's gonna go to four hundred thousand, it's mm-hmm. gonna go to two hundred thousand, like. But you know, after doing some analysis, I see it going to like probably a 100, 120 Like, I plan on selling before that, but. Um, you know, and I I highly believe myself that Bitcoin's gonna come down, right? And then you know, whoever's buying cryptocurrency like later on this year, oh man, I hope you sell at the right time, cause you know, like it's better to get in early because you know, you know, like you know, how Warren Buffett says, right? Like you know, get in where no one else is getting into, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. don't be afraid to take that risk, cause that risk will bring like you know, will reap great rewards. Mm-hmm. It could also reap great losses as That's well. Right. Yeah. So you know, like. And, like, w- like, back in last year, right, when Bitcoin hit $3,000 after, like, the, uh, the COVID recession, right? Like, Bitcoin hit $3,000, like, in, like, it's 60000 now, but it was 3000 back then. But I was buying up Ethereum and everything back then, right? I was thinking, man, like, the economy, might, the economy might crash. This COVID thing might last a long time. But I have high hopes that, you know, cryptocurrency will recover. And it did, mm-hmm. like, majorly. Because I bought Ethereum at $100. It's like 2,100 right now. I wow. made 21 times returns from that alone, wow. right? Yeah. So um, I know there's going to be another crash, like, because it's right now, currently, currently, exactly currently where we're at now, where it's more of a, doc, doc, uh, a dot net, like a dotcom bubble phase mm-hmm. that we're going through back in like, the late 1990s mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 2000. Um, where, like, you know, everyone was just making websites, right? Like, oh, I want to put a bunch of money into dog.com because you could buy dogs and exchange right. dogs there, right? That's exactly what's going on right now. Exactly. So that's why, like, it's very speculative right now. But, like, you know, after the dot com bubble bursted, right? It got to like $5 trillion valuation and then it popped. But out of those, you know, like, out of the ashes, you know, you know, came out phoenixes right like mm-hmm. google's amazon's and, th- and things of that nature right and they end up leading like today's world mm-hmm. that's exactly what's gonna i believe what's that's gonna happen is that there's gonna be a big burst right uh i guess getting into more like what i think like i feel like you know more and more companies are investing into bitcoin currently like tesla and there's many more that aren't talked about yet that we don't know that they're going to come out publicly and increase bitcoin's price even further mm-hmm. but i feel like these companies are going to be, you know, they're, they're buying and holding Bitcoin and they're going to be holding for the long term. So when they when the bit, the price of Bitcoin comes down, inevitably, probably sometime this year or early next year, it's going to drive the stock market down with it. Right. And if the stock market is down, the housing market might come down with yeah. as well with yeah. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Mark, like housing prices are sky high right now. So, you know, if more like more and more companies are like going into cryptocurrency investing. Right. You know. There's a more and more chance of like them being correlated together than like if one dumps the other dumps right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's gonna dump by default. That's how I feel like so you know, that's how I see coming. Got gotcha. you. So um, yeah.
0: okay, well, man, look, I think uh, there's there's actually there's more uh, questions that I want to ask, but we'll probably do that offline. And I really just want to say this, man. I really appreciate you giving <clears throat> giving me uh, insight on what crypto is. And you know, even giving us the resources on where we can start, where we can start uh, researching, or like uh, if we wanted to also jump into the crypto game of investing and just learning, uh, you gave us all of that in this episode. Right now, we have fifty three minutes,
1: dude. I, well, I just want to reiterate again that, like, you're if you're on your couch. If you're at work, well, probably not at work, after work. If you're, like, anywhere, you can literally get on your phone right now, download this app, and literally get into cryptocurrency. Like, after applying and signing up, it would take like, no time. Mm-hmm. You can literally start buying Bitcoin right now after this podcast. You know, you know, like, I don't know. People are just afraid to invest. But I'm more of, like, just going in there and, you know, dealing with the bleeding edge and then, like, you know, making sure – you know if you have no experience you know just make sure you know what you're getting into and don't risk whatever you're not willing to lose because i'm willing to lose at all I, I could care less but you know some people out there they got families to right. feed and stuff like that right so be careful with what you're buying what
0: you how how much you it in and, and and uh yeah all right man yo, i just want to say a big thank you for um coming on to this podcast uh it was so much that we discussed i mean just thinking back we talked about this whole uh, digital lands and all these things.
1: I didn't even talk about the digital art yet, dude. I actually no, bought. I know, right?
0: Like I- that is something that really, really piques my interest. Um, digital art and the direction that it's going. But we can talk about that offline. Yeah, yeah I got. We'll probably you, I got have you. another episode and, and and talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say a big thank you for for allowing me to have this sit down with you. And guys, um, I will see you on the next episode. If y'all have any questions in regards to this, is there anywhere like um people can follow you or find you social media anything uh
1: i kind of don't exist on there <laughs> uh i mean i don't really care what people like okay. i don't know i don't i don't really
0: have that kind of stuff okay that's fine in that case if anybody has any questions feel free to uh, send me a message i'll link you up with jonathan i'll give you his i'll ask his permission get you his number you can link up and he will be more than happy to answer any questions that you have Alright guys, thank you and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.